Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to this episode of the Scottish Paddlecast brought to you by the Scottish Canoe Association. You're currently tuning into the latest episode of People of Paddle Sport series where we are catching up with the diverse characters across the Scottish Paddle Sport community. If you haven't listened to our earlier episodes or our coaching conversation series with Doug MacDonald, I would highly recommend that you do. I'm your host, Lara Cooper. And I'm Roger Holmes. We hope you're all keeping well. And today we're talking to Fraser Porter, who's a paddle sport coach, white water kayak leader. And back in 2019, he was professional coach of the year with the SCA Recognition Awards. In 2020, Fraser had a fairly sudden kidney transplant. Hello, Fraser. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, good. Right. The question we ask everyone as an as a opening question is, if you could paddle anywhere in the world, where would it be? Who would it be with? And in what craft? So this one was quite interesting, particularly when we were first blowing. I was thinking about it the other day. Um, and I finally came to an answer because there was a couple of places. But number one, um, I would love to go to Canada one day. Um, I had a friend of mine who used to go to college with me um, at Glasgow Kelvin College called David Smith. And he spent a season or a couple of seasons out in Roundabout Canada. I can't quite remember whereabouts it was, um, but I would love to go out there and get on some of the rivers that a lot of the, the sort of Canadian US boaters are doing and just experience the sort of paddle community out there. That'd be amazing. I've also heard some stories from some of the guys who I've known in the sort of Glasgow community um, and the paddling, Glasgow paddling community, sorry, um, who have been out there before as well. And it would be great to experience sort of that. Um, folks that I'd love to go with um, would, number one would probably be my girlfriend Katie because if I say her name she'll probably if I don't say her name sorry she'll probably have a little bit of a fit so but obviously it'd be great to go with her because um, <clears throat> she's definitely one person who loves to get travelling about and as a keen boater and a coach as well um, as I say it's one of the places she's always wanted to go to as well so it'd be great to one day get out there with her um, and another person I'd love to go kayaking with or and particularly kayaking or canoeing would be um, one of my scout leaders from when I was younger, who I now help run um, a scout group in the, the Somerston area of Glasgow. And the man's called Chris Muldoon. Um, he helped us along um, right at the start, um, helped me basically develop into a, a coach and a leader um, and giving me lots of outdoor experiences through the scouts. Um, and he's always someone who's always been right there to help us along in my journey of literally just growing up because from a young person into an adult um he's not really the biggest kayaker or paddle sport person in the world but he is definitely up for giving things a try and to be able to go and do an expedition type thing with him out in canada or something like that that'd be amazing so yeah chris Muldoon. brilliant that's wonderful fraser canada's on my wish list too i've never made it out there yet so yeah i'd love to get out there as well i wonder if you can tell us a little bit about your paddling journey how you got into the sport um and got going Basically, I came into the sport a little bit later on in my life. When I was growing up in Glasgow from an early age, we didn't really do any sort of outdoor activities at all. It was mostly sort of indoor sports or football that when I was growing up. Um, I got into paddling when I done when I was in school, um, doing residential experiences um, with organisations like Blair Vardock and um, the Outward Bound Trust and all these sort of guys. Um, and I, as I say, I had a place up in the Stella Sky uh, called the Columba 1400 where we've done a week's course and done some kayaking, but also about learning how to be like a leader and a coach and that sort of stuff as well. 
after I'd done the residential experiences through the school, um, I was then a scout leader and we, we'd done more sort of outdoor in, industry type activities with those guys coming, um, as I say, in the Glasgow area, um, and particularly North Glasgow area. And then um, coming up to, can't remember, a couple of years ago now, um, I got the opportunity to join Glasgow Kelvin College um, and do their outdoor education course. Basically, when I was doing the residential experiences, they used to give you an option about the different activities you could do. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I'm not the most keen hill walker in the world. Um, but whenever they gave me the opportunity to get on the water and do kayaking in particular, um, and if it wasn't kayaking, it would have been open canoeing, um, just on the flat water or on a lock or the sea of that, then it was always kayaking and water sports that I always chose. Um, and I started to notice a trend that basically every single time I went to these residential experiences, I would always pick the same thing, which was kayaking. Um, later on, as I say, and then it got to the point where I what you call, was wondering what I was going to be doing with my life. Um, I'd done a little bit of other stuff, which didn't turn out too great. Um, and we finally realised after conversations with my family that the outdoor industry career might have been the best way to go. Like I said, I joined Glasgow Kelvin College um, and then that kicked on my, my paddling journey. Um, but before that, I was doing work with North Glasgow Homes, which are the housing association in the area that I used to live in. Um, and they helped me do kayaking or start my way to becoming a UKC level one coach um, through their sports legacy programme, which was thanks to the Commonwealth Games. They had legacy money from that. Um, at that point, as I say, I was just joining the college. I'd done three years at college um, um, and down at Glasgow Kelvin College um, or the old North Glasgow College in Springburn, where it's uh, guys like John Montgomery, um, who run the course there. They helped me go through my different paddling qualifications, got me to level two or the old UKC level two um, and helped. Me. We went to places like um, the Pyrenees Resort and that and I just got better and better at that point and I was getting really good at kayaking. My coaching was helped because we were always doing different types of groups. We'd done a lot of peer coaching but we also done a lot of um, coaching school groups etc um, and that was something I always found really really interesting was teaching younger people and giving them that opportunity that I had potentially when I was in school obviously with the residential experiences um, and that sort of kicked us on. Fast forward the three years um, I spent, a, I, Pinkston was slowly opening at that point um, and it was just about to start right at the start and when Ian um, Braithwaite and Alan McGonagall were uh, the two men that were sort of in charge at Pinkston, then they, they seen me basically floating around, um, being the bad smell that nobody could really get rid of. And basically they gave me the opportunity to become a volunteer there. And it worked really, really well because the qualifications that I was gaining from the college course, I was then able to actually use and practice a little bit more at Pinkston, particularly when the place was just kicking off. Um, I spent a couple of a year or two doing volunteering stuff for Pinkston, picking up the occasional shift here and there as a freelancer. And then I spent five months um, in the Ardèche in the south of France with Acorn Adventures running as part of the, the the river team, but also doing land activities as well. But predominantly on the river team, um, we used to do canoe um, expeditions of the Ardèche Gorge section, which is places like Pond Dark, which is a really, very popular tourist destination. And um, a lot of other companies like PGL work there as well. And yeah, again, that developed my coaching a little bit more. I came back after that. I managed to get myself a job at Pinkston. Um, and just ever since I cracked on, and over the last couple of years, I was able to achieve my whitewater kayak leader, which is something I'm very, very keen on and progressing my coaching journey, which is in the sense of going more towards whitewater kayak coach and being able to take, as I say, younger, younger kids of that. Them and take them through their journey from going maybe right from start basic sort of paddling 
um, to to the white water environment. So yeah, that's that's pretty much my paddle journey. Uh, that's that's brilliant. Um, <clears throat> at the start of this, I, I mentioned that you you'd actually had a kidney transplant. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit what sort of led to that that transplant. And yeah, absolutely. So um, back when I was very very young, um, I had a urine infection, um, and back when I was three or four, and back when I was being three or four, I had an operation. Um, but no point in when I was very young did we ever think that something like this would happen. Fast forward a couple of years until I was 18 um, and I started to have stomach pains um, and I went to my local GP to get some bloods done in that and the doctors soon realised that basically my kidneys were impaired. Um, one of my kidneys were working around about 80%, the other one was working at 18%, so the other one was working pretty much twice as hard, even at a, not at the, the highest capacity it could work at. Um, and so they put me on medication to try and control my blood pressure because that was high. Again, could fast forward a couple more years and round about September 2019, um, I was out in the Pyrenees with Glasgow Kelvin College as, as a, an external participant, basically. And one the couple of guys who were, were doing the paddling round about there um, started to notice that when I was walking up and downstairs quite often, um, I was starting to get very, very tired, really puffed out. I wasn't really able to do the most basic stuff even though I was paddling on the water really, really hard and doing really well in that aspect. Actually, the, the other parts of it, of getting up in the morning, I was really, really tired. Even at night, I was spending a lot of time in my bed. I was getting up throughout the night to go to the toilet constantly. And that was sort of the first sign that people started to notice something wasn't quite right. Um, but for me, being the stubborn person at arm, I always thought that it could be something, it's just a little thing, and we'll get on with it. A couple of months later, and we got to December 2019, and I my, my health started to deteriorate a little bit more, and it wasn't. And my mum went on, I think it was around about the 6th of December um, 2019, which is a date that will pretty much always remain in my memory for years to come. So my mum took me to the local GP, and we got some bloods done, basically. And what was to follow in the next 24 hours was probably this is is crazy and it's something that changed my life forever basically and um, myself and my manager at Pinkston Hannah Blair were going up to attend a outdoor adventure conference um at Glenmore Lodge and as I say I got the bloods done in the morning and um, when I got to Glenmore Lodge I got to my room at Glenmore Lodge thinking tomorrow I was going to wake up and I'd be going to this adventure sport conference and meeting lots of outdoor enthusiasts and loads of paddle sport people and etc um during that night in Glasgow while I was up in Aviemore, um, an NHS worker came to my door, knocked on my door at 10 o'clock at night and basically said that it was super, super important that I got to a hospital ASAP and simply because my hemoglobin level was so low that it was it was coming potentially dangerous. Um, while this was well, this person was at the door, my dad actually answered the man in his boxers and then it was basically a case of trying to get in contact with me. Unfortunately, up at Glenmore Lodge at the time, the Wi-Fi and the signal was non-existent and there was something as I say the Wi-Fi wasn't working as well um, and because of that nobody could really get in contact with me until the next morning so I woke up the next morning with some chaps at the door one of the receptionists at Glenmore Lodge told me to get in contact with my mum as soon as possible had the conversation with my mum about the fact that the doctors had been there the night before getting trying to get in contact with the fact that I had to get to a hospital as soon as possible um, and from that moment on it was basically a case of I had to get down back down to Glasgow as quickly as possible. So Hannah, being the superstar that she was, jumped in the car with me, 
drove the three hours back down the road, not really, and not even attending the conference. And um, yeah, I spent the 12 hours after that um, in Glasgow's Royal Infirmary, pretty much doing every sort of test you could possibly think of. Um, and we soon found out that basically my kidneys had completely stopped working. So you went from that onto pretty onto um, dialysis pretty quickly, did you? Yeah, basically, um, and like I said, so I spent the 12 hours at the um, Glasgow Royal Infirmary getting loads of tests done to try and see what was going on. The doctors basically said that um, I had chronic kidney failure and and literally in the space of a day, I was told I was going to need to go into dialysis. Um, I had the, the, the surgery done to, to insert a neckline into my neck to, as sort of for a way to connect me to the machine originally. And then there was talks about how to obviously how from further on because they can't keep the neckline in for long because of infection, et cetera. Um, so the next stage was trying to figure out what they were going to do. So once once I left the Queen Elizabeth and started attending like a local dialysis centre, which thankfully was five minutes up the road at Stop Hill in Glasgow, um, what what the next thing to do. So the idea was to put um, basically the chest line, which is, as I say, would have required some surgery um, and a little bit of recovery, of course. Um, but thankfully, they managed to put in what they call a fistula into my left arm. Um, and that's the and basically the operation took, as I say, about 45 minutes to get that done. And thankfully, I was able to use my fistula, as I say, in, in two weeks. Usually with people who have chronic kidney failure that are going on dialysis, they find out that basically they have a lot of the time to process what's going on, maybe a couple of months to go, right, look, basically your kidneys are failing, are failing sorry, um, and what the next step will be. But as for me, it was very, very quick and sharp. Thankfully, because my fistula was so good, which is not always the case with particularly older um, renal patients, um, usually for older renal patients or that have a fistula, it takes usually a couple of months to start properly using that. We were actually able to use the fistula within a couple of weeks, which was great, which meant we could take the neckline out. I didn't have to use my, we didn't have to do the operation to get the chest line in as well. Um, and we started using the fistula, basically. I was in dialysis for five months at Stop Hill, who the, the nurses and doctors and consultants there looked after me extremely well and they were absolutely brilliant. Um, the, 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 the group that I was in and the, 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 the ward, basically, um, it was a lot of older people. I was probably the youngest in it by a good couple of years. Um, but it didn't stop us from having a good time, even though we were there four hours a day for three times a week. Um, so we, we just kept ourselves busy and kept ourselves going as much as we possibly can. Um, and thankfully, back this when we're having when I was talking about the Queen Elizabeth and getting put on dialysis, basically they told us that we was going to have to have a kidney transplant. That was the only way to try and get back to some sort of normality of life. Um, I was very, very lucky that a lot of my family members, a couple of my close friends, Chris, that I mentioned as well at the start, he, um, a lot of people offered to be donors um, instead of having to go on to the, the deceased um, donor list when having to wait for a, a kidney to come up. Whereas we actually had a lot of different options, which is, was amazing. And actually just thinking about it, um, it brings back a lot of happy memories. The fact I've seen so many, there's a lot of tears involved, particularly from my family and my friends, et cetera, and even the people who offered as well, but they were brilliant in that sense. And it was amazing to have so many options because a lot of people don't get that opportunity and a lot of people have to wait for it. Um, and then fast forward to July um, 2020 and we had the transplant and thankfully everything went really, really well. Um, we only spent maybe a couple of days in hospital. I think I was 10 days. My dad was even less than that. And when, as I say, my dad gave me the transplant. And yeah, ever since then, there's been a couple of ups and downs, et cetera, just with different 
clinics and some stuff going right, some stuff going wrong. But thankfully now we've got everything balanced out. And and hopefully, as I say, now that everything's getting back to some sort of normal, um, then I can start pushing on to potentially getting back to work and also getting back in, into a boat and onto the water again. Wow. That's amazing, Fraser. It really is to hear or to hear you talking about your life before all that kicked off and started to happen and you know a young a young man at the beginning of a really exciting paddle sport career to then have that so suddenly stop you in your tracks um and to go through that journey in the last what 18 months to being okay to being major surgery to now being on that road to to rehab quite an incredible story um how yeah, how's what's got you through the sort of I guess the difficult times, the the recovery that you've already been through. What are the things that have got you through that time? I think a lot of it's to do with friends, family, work, support. Pinkston have been absolutely tremendous, and what they've been able to help to help me for what they've done from to say right back to Hannah, just being able to get me back down the road as quick as possible to everything that's happened since now. The support from everybody there has been absolutely amazing. Friends and family. Have been amazing as well. Um, they're always on the phone. Um, they're always there asking if there's anything can, if anything they can do, just to let them know. And just yeah, even from the paddling community, I put a post up. Um, the I think it was two days after I had my, my kidney transplant, and I think I must have smashed my Facebook um comments and likes record by at least ten times. Um, because of how, just how many people commented, and I said a lot of people. It was boaters. It was folks in the paddling community, folks who have known me for years. It was it was just amazing, particularly for both me and my dad. Um, my dad, what do you call it, got, he works all over the place, basically. Um, and obviously that's affected him quite a bit. But even people down south in London were actually asking people I've never met before and um, were asking me how, how I was getting on. And now they're continuously asking me now because they're still asking for regular updates from my dad. There's not a time when I go past his computer in the hall and he does, he's not mentioning it just one of his friends, etc. So the support just from everybody's been amazing. And that's what's really got me through this. Um, so yeah. The paddling community is amazing at that, isn't it? Of sort of the, the friends that you meet and the people you work with and the community sense that you get from that. And it's um, it's brilliant to hear you sort of take such strength from that support from the community. Have you been back in a boat? Um, I've been back in the boat, um, not doing anything too well, adventurous at all, really. Um, see, I've been down at Pinkston just getting on flat waters and getting my strength back up um, and just trying to get into some sort of habit of being able to get back into the kayak, getting the kit back on, which has been a huge mo- motivation for me, the fact that first time when I was able to get my paddling kit back on. Um, so, yeah, it's most so predominantly flat water we've been doing, and it's more sort of just trying to get me into that rehab, getting my fitness back. Also, just for my mental health as well, instead of having to be stuck in the doors, particularly with what we've had to go through with COVID and et cetera. Um, yeah, being able to get back in a boat and being able just to be back in a boat and having lots of people actually around me to to watch what I've been doing, et cetera, has been great. But, yeah, just back, back doing easy stuff at the moment. And then, as I say, hopefully in the future, we'll see where we go for there. What What do you think you're looking most looking forward to most, then, Fraser? What What do you you you're obviously on on the road to recovery. You're getting back in a boat. What are you most looking forward to? Predominantly coaching. Um, it's the one thing I've really missed. Um, as I say, ever I've spoke about the scouts before, and there's been a leader in 
I always, I've, I always have fun when it comes to being able to be that person that young people can sort of look up to and go right. As I say, though, there's Fraser. We, we look what he does, and that's pretty cool. And hopefully, being that person that they can inspire to be. Um, and I really, really miss coaching young people. Um, it's it's one of the, the main things that sort of drives us. Um, being able to take someone from the start of their paddling journey from not really being able to even be comfortable in water, never mind comfortable in a boat on top of water. Like, and then hopefully that person gets a little bit of confidence from doing some sessions, etc., and taking them from either flat water onto whatever discipline that may be. Um, so the main thing that I have definitely missed is actually coaching. Um and also just obviously kayaking in general as well, being out with my pals so I can get go and do rivers, whether it's up to the Tay, you know, I'm, I'm dying for the chance to get back on the Gary at some point. As I say, we'll see if that, that's a possibility. Hopefully it will be. But yeah, so mostly coaching, but also just being able to be around about the paddling community again and actually talking to folks, but also getting back in a boat, back on a sock, back in a canoe, whatever it may be, and just going paddling again in the rivers, etc. Yeah, I mean, I know I know you were professional coach of the year in 2019, and part of the reason for that was because you were um, helping run the homework club at, at Pinkston, which I have to say has been a great project. Maybe you could just um, t- let listeners know a little bit more about what you were doing there. Yeah, so um, Pinkston's paddle community, um, the Pinkston paddling community, um, came together. So a couple of different organisations came together, trying to figure out a way of how Pinkston could bring more sort of the sort of youth um younger people into Pinkston a lot bit more and we came up with the idea of um these homework clubs. So we got in contact with a couple of different schools and most dominant school we used was Hill Head Secondary School. Um and the idea is that we've got kids who have sometimes have got difficulties in school, whether that be studying, whether it be just the behavior issues, maybe coming back from different or sorry, coming from difficult backgrounds um, and using the homework club basically as a place they can come to a safe place where they can come do some homework for a little bit. And the reward of the homework basically is that the fact they get to come on the water, they get to spend a lot of time with the, the instructors down at Pinkston, um, including myself, um, and really see if we, we could develop not just their paddling ability, but also their social skills. So stuff like teamwork, communication, um, using your initiative, et cetera. Um, and, yeah, and thankfully, the last couple that we've run it for a couple of years now, um, predominantly with Hillhead, we've also had St. Rock Secondary School we've used as well. Um, and we've just, so, yeah, it's just trying to use the programme to try and help the young people and raising stuff like attainment in schools, having a different sort of aspect of school in the, in the way that the kids think about. You know, sometimes their attendance might not be great and there might be reasons for that. But if we can use a homework club as a way to impact them in that in a positive way, and maybe we can get the kids coming to schools a little bit longer. And the, Ideally, if, as an extra bonus, we can also get them into paddling and get them picking up a new hobby, picking up a new sport, even meeting some new friends. Then that's a bonus as well. So yeah, that's that's the idea sort of behind the homework club. No, it's been great. I, I mean, I've been down a few times to and seen you in that action. It's been absolutely fantastic. Really enthusiastic kids, really enjoying themselves, getting well engaged. I would say. Yeah, they've been absolutely brilliant. Um, as I say, particularly the, the sort of hellhead kids who, as I say, something last year, we had a group of them. I think we had about 10 or 12 of them came last year, um, which was the second year we ran it. And the kids were amazing. You know, from the start, they were some of them were quite shy. They weren't too sure what they were getting themselves in for, basically. 
And thankfully for the help of myself and other people at Pinkston and some volunteers and even the teachers and the youth workers from different associations that have helped us out with it as well. Um, the, the kids came on amazingly well. We've done, you know, it was at one stage last year where I was going, right, kids, you know what, here's the kit. You know your sizes, you know your boats, you can go and get yourself sorted out. And I was just there as basically as either the coach or to just to supervise it and do the safety aspect of that. And even at some point to that stage, some of the younger people were then doing the safety and the aspect of being able to do rescues on the other young people, etc. From the, the first year, we had some of the, the kids in that year who came back as young sort of leaders as well. Um, and they were able to help, you know, become, you know, continue their paddling journey as well, but also just be like that um, role model for the younger people who are coming through in the second year. I see that group we had last year were very, very special. And as I say, trying to get them back to Pinks and get them involved in, in, in paddling again would be a great idea. And hopefully we can make that reality and hopefully we can encourage some more schools as well. Brilliant. That sounds absolutely amazing. I hadn't really heard about the, the homework club at Pinkston until we were chatting with yourself and it really does sound incredible. And I can see how, like for you, you know, um, brought up in the area so local to the area being somebody that the kids could really relate to um and share their experiences with and I can also see how that's having such a positive experience before your illness came about that how that can really help you look to the future and imagine getting back to to something like that again yeah absolutely um particularly for for when it comes to the way that we interact with young people as well coming from the area and being down at Pinkston, there's a lot of different youth organisations that use Pinkston. A lot of the coaches that are there are either people that have been coaching at Pinkston for a while or it's either volunteers who have then became coaches themselves and now working at Pinkston as well. So the young people know a lot of the staff members and it's great because they've got that relationship, that connection with people as well um, who are working there. Um, and it's uh, for me, it's about, the, the, it's about talking to the young people in a way that they would like to be spoke to. Um, and once you can get that understanding of that, then the young people, you know, they'll, they'll actually be able to click with you really, really easily. Um, and it helps, as I say, because they're coming from the area, they know a local face, um, particularly for some of the youth clubs who are local in the area as well, who, as I say, have been working at Pinkston and volunteering for Pinkston for years. And, you know, some of the youth clubs have been coming right from the start. And, they, you know, some of those kids are a lot older now and they've grew a little bit, but they still recognise some familiar faces down there, which is excellent. No, that's really good. Just, just with your um, sort of illness, it, how does that affect you now? You know, you're you're coming back from from um, obviously a major operation, but what what have been the sort of longer term effects since you've come back? What have you found? Um, so I said, there's been a lot of ups and downs, particularly from the operation. Um, when when I left the hospital, we, obviously with COVID as well, um, I was under the, the high risk category with the fact of COVID. So, you know, that was something for my family that we had to really, really keep an eye on, particularly for folks who are really close to me, that's something they, they also had to bear in mind. Um, one of the main things I've noticed so far is is, is still my fitness. You know, I, I even if I'm doing a bit of kayaking or even if I'm out walking the dog or if I'm doing longer days where I'm just out and about doing stuff, if I'm driving, et cetera, um, I do get tired. As I say, and that's that's one of the main things. But hopefully, as I do a little bit more, I get back into a little bit of kayaking. I get back into some sort of normality, whatever that may be. Obviously, because of COVID, um, then my fitness levels start to 
to get better and better. And, and that's something I've noticed, particularly in the last couple of weeks, where I have been doing a little bit of kayaking, a lot more walking the dog, um, etc. So we, I'm not getting as tired as much as I used to, and um, particularly the, as I say, at the end of last year when just after the transplant and that, um, obviously back then I wasn't doing any kayaking at all. It was mostly just recovery, but even just walking and getting out about it. I'd do an hour or something, I'd be absolutely knackered by the end of the day, um, or by the end of that hour, sorry. Um, so yeah, like, but that's the main thing. As I say, over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed a massive difference, particularly with other people that I've been about, they've noticed that I'm not getting as tired as much. Um, and that can only be a good thing. Other things just to watch out for, of course, um, that I, or I need to watch out for is the like picking up like, sort of heavier objects, so manual handling. Within paddle sports, pretty good because obviously we recommend the fact of people two to one boat, etc. Not really doing a lot of stuff yourself. Um, so that's one thing we always I'm always looking out for with that regards is just the manual handling aspect and making sure I'm not picking up the objects that are too heavy, not tiring myself out for that. But thankfully, as I said, there's been a lot of people about, particularly at Pinkston or, um, as I say, in other places where they've been able to help me carry boats, etc. So, um, but yeah, that's probably the two main things. Look, the good thing is that I've not really had any problems with like uh, is within the actual kidney area. I've not really had any sort of soreness or tightness or um, different things like that, basically. Um, and that's 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 one thing that's been super beneficial because I've not had lots and lots of complications with actual any of the operation. Um, it's mostly just been about getting my fitness back and getting out and about and doing stuff. And as I say, hope that's continuing. And, and there's been a lot of progress made in the last couple of weeks regarding that. That's really good. I mean, just looking ahead, what are your aspirations, do you feel, for the future? I say I'd, I'd love to get back into coaching. That's that's one thing, as I said, whatever that may be, whatever it may be, as I say, and I'd love to get back into coaching. As I say, if it's, it's with the homework clubs, etc., then that would be amazing, particularly just coaching young people and, and, again, and getting younger people inspired to the fact that even though if they're coming from a community or coming from a, a local area like North Glasgow or Glasgow in general, that they can come and do outdoor activities, they can come and do paddling, there's kayaking, canoe, you know, and, and trying to get one or two folks that you just see a little spark in and who have, you know you've sort of grabbed onto in a sense and, that, and, you know, and trying to help them, you know, into a new hobby and hopefully they continue for that hobby for the rest of their life. So that's one of the main things is just getting back to coaching young people, but also just coaching others in general. Um, it's 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 been a while. I've always when I've been down at Pinkston, you know, I, I give little hints and tips out and help other folks if anybody ever comes to us, you know, about what sort of like what with regards to the boat and whatever craft it may be. Um, so I do try to do a little bit here and there, but actually, like back into coaching day in day out. That's that's probably my main thing is being able to get back in the boat and also just also improving my own paddling as well to whatever if I need to adapt it in a certain way or doing whatever I can to make sure that I'm still, even though I've got my, as I say, my health problem now or my disability then, but at least I've still got something I can do, you know, and we just need to adapt it in that sense. But yeah, definitely coaching, getting back and what and just inspiring young people and, as I say, other, the general public as well to get into paddling, with, particularly within the area of Glasgow. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, your passion for paddling and for coaching just comes through in bucket loads. It's really, it's really lovely to hear. And um, yeah, I, I guess it would be um, nice for our listeners, um, who I'm sure are equally sort of inspired by your ex- sharing your experiences you've shared with us and your approach to them. Um, what advice would you give somebody 
else if they were in a similar situation to yourself? Let's see, I spoke a lot about the scouts earlier, and when I was in scouts, um, the leaders that I was that taught me always had this sort of motto that wasn't be prepared. Funny enough, <laughs> which always came hand in hand in the scouts, and actually in real life, it's been excellent. But we always had this saying, which was improvise, adapt, and overcome. Um, and which is something I've always took with whatever job or whatever I've been doing, and particularly during this time in my life when I've had this, this as I say, this happen to me the, the last couple in the last year. Um, and and that's really the advice I give them is the fact of one, don't let the, the what has happened to you sort of define you. You know, um, at no really real point have I ever went that I never thought I would get back to kayaking or get back to coaching or anything like that at all. Um, it's always been a case of right, we've got this we have to deal with now. How do we get around it? How do we adapt what I'm doing to get around it and hopefully get back to something similar to what I was already doing before I had my operation, etc. Yeah, as I say, just don't let it define you. And as I say, even though you've got your disability now, whatever it may, as I say, whether it's a leg amputation or a limb amputation, whether it's an organ transplant, etc., whether it's some it's something else, um, as I say, it's just something that obviously has happened to you, unfortunately. But now it's a way of how do you get back to some sort of normal reality and normal living and just adapting what you have to what maybe your job or the way you live. That's that's probably the best bit of advice for us. But definitely that saying. Um, improvising that and overcome which is as I say it's, it's done all right for me in my life so hopefully some other folks can use that and that'll help them on their recovery as well Wow Fraser that's that's a, an amazing story Thanks Fraser and um, we'll wish you all the very best with your yeah, future plans moving forwards and hope your recovery keeps going on a on an upward curve and can enjoy that paddling and coaching some more Cheers, guys. Yeah. And again, thanks very much for allowing us to share my story. And like I said, hopefully we've inspired a few folks. But um, yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. Sure you have. You've inspired me. Yeah. Wonderful to be part of this. And yeah. so thank, thank you, everyone at home for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to us whenever you listen to our podcasts. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify and Apple. We hope you enjoyed listening today. And most importantly, we hope everyone is keeping safe. Goodbye. Goodbye.